my day job, well, when I was younger, I wanted to be Spider-Man. That one didn't work out, unfortunately, so I've just ended up drawing him <laughs> for my career. I've drawn about 60 Spider-Man issues, which was the bones of five years of my career. If, for those that know Spider-Man, I've worked on Amazing Spider-Man, Superior Spider-Man, Scarlet Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2099. I would have been involved in like the original Spider-Verse comic and all of that world, which was just a, a total thrill for me being, uh, uh, you know, a, a grown-up nerd essentially. And then one day the, the Star Wars team came knocking on the, the, the Spider-Man office and stole me over there. The biggest comic I think I've done would be Star Wars The Rise of Kylo Ren. We were basically responsible for telling the story of how Ben Solo became Kylo Ren. So that's that's one for the, the nerds that are listening. <laughs> So the, the furthest sliny back that I know of would be my great-grandfather, Patsy. But he seemingly would have gotten the role of Coxon because on his wife's side, um, there would have been coxswains before that so it, it goes back further than we have on the family tree. Patsy I obviously didn't know, uh, Willie I didn't know who would have been my grandfather he died just before I was born uh, but it's actually like like you know there there's certainly stories of them around the village that like I, I keep hearing and learning new stuff all of the time like like even what's been amazing is so we 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 bought a site and built a house a few years ago and there was such a lovely story and that the person we were buying the house from, you know, he was very happy for me to buy the site from him because my great grandfather Patsy gave him his first ever job a long, long time ago. So this was a favor that came, I always think, from from that generation, four generations down, which is amazing. So like, we've, I guess we've always been here, Slinies. Um, so obviously then there's my dad uh, who's in the lifeboat all of his life. It's just it's something he adores. He has to be beside the sea if we ever travel somewhere he loves to be somewhere beside the sea uh, and the lifeboat would very much have been part of that so like you know his his dad would have been mechanic his grandfather would have been coxswain and dad got to that stage at a point but I guess he would have been the first in that generation that would have moved away from just boats and fishing in terms of his career that, that love of boating and everything would have passed much stronger uh, to my brother Aiden, who's been, even though he's younger than me, he's been involved in the lifeboat a lot longer than me, even, even so much that he's just re-signed up up in Dublin. He went away from America, worked for a couple of years, but he's come back. But whereas I would have had my head in the clouds dreaming about Spider-Man and Star Wars and all this stuff, he was the one that was down fixing boats and beside dad for all of that stuff. So it comes much more naturally to all of them than me. I literally live a few minutes away from the station. So Monday to Friday, nine to five, when everyone was at work, I'd be one of the few people around the Ballycotton. So, so family-wise or anything like that, I think that was the most important reason for me to stay and to be a part of the life was just to be one of those people that's there. So Patsy, my, my great-grandfather, is very well known with uh, from the, the, the Don't Rock Rescue, which would have happened back in 1936. We're certainly told it's the biggest lifeboat rescue of all time. I'm sure other stations will claim to that as well, of course. Um, so what, like, even though he passed long before he was born, you know, there's there's 
great video footage from him from that we actually like randomly you know my job is my job i'm often looking for reference stock photos things like that or whatever i came across these uploaded stock photos of him at his medal ceremony over in the uk with the queen and all that stuff that we just totally came across like all that stuff exists out there because it was such a big deal at the time and it's amazing to see and he, like like just obviously looking from afar he ha certainly has the look of someone that spent a lot of time on the scene who would never certainly face him like we the, I guess the closest I would get to have to to experience what they would have been through which isn't in in a way at all but like we we very very recently uh, rescued the the, the the Mary Sanford the boat from it uh, where it was up in the port up in Dublin and we brought it back it's very much led by uh, my dad and my brother where we the boat was taken and put on the back of a uh, a truck and brought down to to Ballycotton and like the size and the scale of this boat and everything just to be when you're when you're literally lifting this thing on a crane up onto the back of a truck you see like the the sheer I guess power of a boat from back then compared to the stuff that we we are in now and that's what they had to go out on and do that rescue over the course of three days and in in horrific weather and stuff but they're they're of a generation where there's absolutely no question you're going out like there was a horrible storm in Ballycotton for days even before this happened and none of them were phased with it you know so like like the stories that that I would hear from them and and their world is that Ballycotton the lifeboat and everything absolutely was their world. Yeah, so growing up around the stage when I was younger, it, it, like ev everything would have been around my dad's relationship with the station, of course. Like I would have spent a lot of time as a kid on, on that lifeboat. You know, I, I remember, like it was the, the like I, I can remember every square inch of that lifeboat as a kid because I would have been fascinated by it because of course it's this huge, amazing machine, you know, that goes off and does incredible rescues. And I can actually remember actually seeing a quite a dangerous rescue just off the coast of the pier where we got to watch it and dad was involved on one of the inshore lifeboats that's there like pulling a surfer off of rocks in really bad weather where boats were capsizing and all of this stuff and you just stand back and you watch it but I never certainly never felt that he was in any danger probably naively from, from being a kid and almost you know I guess if I was living in this world of, of superheroes and comics and that was my destiny for work or whatever that would have been my version of a real life version of it in front of me seeing my dad gear up in his superhero outfit, which was his his lifeboat gear, you know. <laughs> My most memorable shout, God, the, the one that I can't get away from. It's the way that I laugh about it. We obviously have the, is it the vellums? Is that how you say it? Where it marks the, you know, inside in our house, we've got the one for Patsy Sliney, for Willie Sliney, for Colm Sliney, and they've all saved pretty much around the same number of lives. And, and the big joke is that I've saved a dolphin, <laughs> where we, we had a shout where a dolphin was, went into an overflown area of the bay. I was one of the first there. So I was one of the ones in the dry suit or whatever. Uh, we went in, we got the dolphin, we turned around, nothing quite remarkable about it, but I'll never forget uh, as it was happening, as we were guiding the lifeboat out, I just saw a photographer with a long lens and I was like, oh no, here we go. My profile in Ireland would be, you know, I'd be, I'd be, back then would have been like a lot of the times on like the main radio shows talking about let's say Spider-Man or Star Wars or whatever it is and, and I'll just never forget the producer of the radio show because basically a photo got out 
of the two crew member with the dolphin leading it out to safety and he rang me and he just was like please tell me that's you William because you're we're going to make a story about it and we're never going to hear the end of it so so that dolphin story every convention I do whether it's in I was at a convention in South Africa conventions in New York interviews that I do they'll all stick my name into YouTube or Google to look for research and everywhere I go the story of the dolphin has to come out again. So I come from the world of comics, I guess, and I spend my time drawing superheroes and that's the, the thing that we do and you, you're drawing these people with these powers and stuff and they're going out and they're saving people, I guess, all, all of the time. It's always been about the person behind it and they're normal people who, I guess, get these kind of powers. So if you're going to compare superheroes uh, from the world of the RNLI uh, into that, it, uh, the thing, my favorite thing about the stories of Marvel superheroes is the ordinary person who has to become extraordinary and really really brave you know, given these responsibilities that they get like this is the whole spider-man thing which is with great power comes great responsibility you know um that's it. like if you if you were to ask me what would be the one thing the one quality that that uh, that i would give to a life of a person I, I think that a life of a person already has that you know you you have this responsibility because essentially most of the people are volunteers you know uh, but you're in this situation where you want to be in a position to help someone no matter what it is you know whether it's simply just towing in someone back who needs a tow or, or when you get to these really dangerous life-threatening situations so i guess it's the the mentality that we get to draw of these heroes in the comics in, like I, is is as important or even more important than if you could give every person in a lifeboat a superpower because if you gave someone the power of Superman then you wouldn't need a lifeboat I guess but what I do genuinely see in these people when you see these rescues you know and like and these you know like like all of the training that we do we're trained and told to expect the worst and you could be put in these situations that are genuinely situations that are would be terrifying for people the 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 responsibility that people put on themselves to become a lifeboat member is never to be taken for granted and that's as important or as good as any superpower that you could take from the comics to give to anyone i think It's Dee Kafari here, and you've been listening to part of the RNLI's 200 Voices collection. To hear more remarkable stories, head to rnli.org forward slash 200 voices, or subscribe to the RNLI wherever you get your podcasts from. 200 Voices is an adventurous audio limited production for the RNLI.